are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A good Friday show for you. We're going to go over your picks, and then we're going to get into some NFL and college football topics. Usually I take the whole podcast to go over your picks, but we're in a bad way right now with the picks in college and pro. And I'm just, because we're in a bad way, I'm not going to sit here and be like, hey, here's another 12 picks for this weekend. It's too much. I want to try and narrow it down and see if I can get better giving you less amount of plays. Shit, we already lost our NFL best bet of the week when the Detroit Lions absolutely shit down their leg yesterday and lost at home to the Green Bay Packers, which was just unacceptable. Anyway, we'll get to all that momentarily. All right, let's start off. First off, college football, week 13, the final week. I say it's week 13 because there's week zero games. There was like that five-game five slate. So it's week 13, but everyone's basically playing their 12th game. This weekend, I'm 53, 50, and 4, basically, you know, a little under 50, basically right at 52.5%, which is what you need to break even in college football. So, um, you know, we didn't have a bad year. We didn't finish under 500, but I'm going to make some tweaks next year. If you're still around next year, I'm going to make some tweaks. I'm definitely not going to pick as many games and I'm probably getting rid of the three-team 10-point teaser, even though I'm 9-6 and six in college. I'm probably just going to get rid of it um, just because it's – I don't know. I just <laughs> want to get rid of it. All right. We're on kind of a slump here in the best bet in college football. We were 7-1-1. One, and one, Now we're 7-4-1. and one. So let's end this season on a winning note. Give me Louisville minus the 7 at home against Kentucky in the battle for the Bluegrass – the bluegrass battle, whatever they want to call it. Kentucky started out the season 5-0. and uh, They're 1-5 since. They're in a bad way right now. Louisville is 10-1. They are looking at a New Year's Six Bowl, if not an outside shot at the college football playoff if they beat Kentucky and then beat Florida State in the ACC championship. They'd be 12-1 and and an ACC champion. They'd probably need some help because they don't have the name recognition but this is a team that needs to win. And Kentucky has not played well in a month and a half. The line is seven and a half. We know what we do on seven and a half and three and a half. We buy them down a half a point. So Louisville minus the seven is your best bet in college football this weekend. I've only got two other plays. I'm 21, 25, and two on these. I'm not even going to put four out there to see if we can finish 500 on these other picks. I'm just going with two plays that I like. I like SMU. Minus 19.5 at home against Navy, and here's why. SMU has a chance to finish 10-2. and two. SMU could possibly make a New Year's Six Bowl because they win, they're in the championship of the AAC. They could end up being the highest-ranked non-Power 5 conference champion. Then they're automatically going to a New Year's Six Bowl which is unheard of for SMU football. SMU minus the 19.5 at home against Navy. I'm also going to go against Tulane again for the second week in a row. FAU is a bad football team. Probably shouldn't have bet them last week. I, I bet the numbers. I bet the head coach, Tom Herman, 14-4 and four against the spread as an underdog. Didn't cover last week at home, getting 9.5 against Tulane on the road. Didn't like Tulane as a 9.5-point favorite when the week before they were 24-point home favorites and won by two. They righted themselves against um, a bad FAU team. Now they're coming back home, and they have University of Texas San Antonio. 
They're laying three and a half. I'll take the points in this one. I think this is a field goal game either way. Give me the Roadrunners plus the three and a half at Tulane. Only have one underdog pick for you this week. I'm just, I'm not going to force plays. I'm not going to say I forced them in the past, but I always like to have three out there for you. And that's going to change next year as well. I'm not going to put three out every single week. It's just, you're begging for losses if you do that. Only like one underdog this week. Give me Florida plus the six and a half at home against Florida State. I little sprinkle a little bit on the money line, two plus 220. I'll take Florida plus six and a half. They have a lot to play for in this game. Obviously, Florida State does too. They have an undefeated season, but they're breaking in a new quarterback. We just don't know enough about this guy, and now he's going on the road in a rivalry game. I'll just take the points. I think this stays close. My three-team 10-point teaser in college. One of these games is going off today, right? Yeah. And we're just going to have fun with this one. It's the last one of the year. We've never seen a total like this in the history of college football. The Iowa-Nebraska total right now is 24-and-a-half. We're teasing that down and taking the over. I want to go over 14-and-a-half on a game just because that's the most ridiculous total I've ever seen. 24-and-a-half <laughs> is ridiculous. You know what's even more ridiculous? 14-and-a-half. If this game finishes 10-3, I will quit gambling <laughs> forever and ever and ever. Or you know anything under 14-and-a-half. Like if it's 14 nothing, if it's 10-3, if it's 7-3, if it's 7 nothing, if it's 10 nothing, I will quit gambling if we can't get over 14 and a half in a college football game. So give me Iowa, Nebraska to go over 14 and a half. Give me LSU, tease down from 11 and a half. They are basically going to do whatever they can to get Jaden uh, Daniels, uh, the Heisman. So they're just going to run up the score. They're laying 11 and a half at home against AM. AM hasn't won a road game in over a year now you're asking them to go on the road and beat LSU basically who can finish the season nine and three outside shot at a New Year's six bowl and have the most electrifying college football player in college football this year so give me LSU tease down to one and a half and we'll tease SMU down to nine and a half get that right under 10 so SMU minus nine and a half LSU minus one and a half, Iowa over 14 and a half. That is your three team 10 point teaser in college. Let's go to the pros. We're coming off an 0 and 6 week, and we've already lost our best bet as the Detroit Lions. I don't know what the hell happened to them yesterday, but that's two weeks in a row that Jared Goff has not played well. A little worrisome if you're a Lions fan. Not to mention, have you looked at who the Lions have beat this year? They haven't beaten anybody good, unfortunately. Obviously, they started off the season with their best win of the year at the Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champions. They won that game on Thursday night, 21-20. to Since then, they've beaten the Falcons, they've beaten the Packers, they've beaten the Panthers, they've beaten the Bucks, the Raiders, the Chargers, and the Bears. Every single one of those teams has a losing record. So they have one good win under their belt. You know, they're 8-3. and three. You got to give them credit for that. They are 8-3, and three, but... Look at the three games that they lost. Seattle, over 500. Ravens, over 500. Packers, close to being 500 now after already beating them earlier in the year. Now, the Lions' schedule, I don't want to say gets too much tougher because it doesn't. They got Saints, Bears, Broncos, Vikings, Cowboys, Vikings. So when we get to the playoffs, I think we can still ask ourselves, how good are the Detroit Lions? We really don't know. 
And that game yesterday, boy, nationally televised audience, you're 8-2. and two. You're trying to make your announcement that you are a team to beat come playoff time, and you absolutely lay an egg at home on Thanksgiving Day. Wasn't a good loss, so we're already 0-1 for the week in the pros, and that just sucks. I've only got two other picks for you. I'm going to take Arizona at home plus the one and a half. They clearly are a different team with Kyler Murray in there. They won his first start. They should have beaten the Texans last week. How many opportunities they had in the second half there. And then I know they're coming off the biggest win of the year, winning in Kansas City on Monday night, and Monday night winners going home. I'm very leery of. I'm very well aware that this is not a good spot. But Jalen Hurts just apparently doesn't lose football games. The guy's 26-2 in his last 28 starts. All we've done for the last four or five weeks is shit on the Buffalo Bills and how poor their defense is. This line is only three, and if you're taking – it's it's another situational play. If I'm getting Philly at home under a field goal, you got to take them. You have to. Buffalo has no defense. They've lost so many guys off their defense. Philly is playing at home. They've won 26 of their last 28 regular season games when Jalen Hurts has started. I'm sorry, we got to ride them. So we're taking Philly again. We, you know, we had them last week. We're taking them again. Underdog play of the week, you're probably going to absolutely thumb your nose at this one, and I don't blame you, but this is a situational play. I know the Chargers suck. I know they're four and six, but if you looked at the Chargers' schedule and their games and their finals, five of their six losses this year have come by a combined total of 14 points. Yes, they're playing a very good Ravens team off a big win. That's fine. The situational play here is this. You bet against Lamar Jackson when he's a favorite, and you bet on the Chargers when they're a dog. Anytime the Chargers are a favorite, it's basically an automatic bet against. I don't know why it wasn't on them last week, on Green Bay last week, when the Chargers were a three-point favorite on the road, when they were four and five. What the hell were they doing as a road favorite? But now we get them at home, and you're going to be like, ugh, but they didn't even beat Green Bay. Yeah, this is exactly where we can almost call this game right now. We already know the Chargers are going to lose this game. And the way the Chargers lose games is by one, two, or three points. So we'll grab the three and a half at home. I will take it. I don't know if they're going to win this game. They could. But if they lose, you know it's going to be close. You know they're going to be fighting. And then Baltimore will – it'll be a tie game with five minutes left. And Baltimore will have the ball in their own 15 and just put together a five-minute drive and kick a field goal as time expires. Like, that's the way the Chargers – if you're the Charger fan, the life of a Charger fan is just – absolute kick to the nuts every single weekend so underdog play of the week we'll take the chargers plus the three and a half three team 10 point teaser in the pros it's the last um not the last one of the year but um we're five and seven on these haven't been good and like i said i'm just gonna get rid of these next year um we'll take miami down to two plus one um you know how i said if iowa and nebraska can't go over a total of 14 and a half points in that game i'll quit gambling I'll also quit gambling if the Dolphins can't beat the Jets tonight, today. So get that in. Remember, that's a 3 o'clock Eastern time start, first Black Friday game ever. They're starting Tim Boyle against one of the highest-powered offenses we've ever seen. If the Miami Dolphins cannot beat the fucking Jets with Tim Boyle, again, I'll just quit forever. We'll tease the charges up to 13.5, and and we'll take Cleveland plus 8.5 at Denver. Denver, again, Russell Wilson, as a favorite, you just don't bet against him. So we'll tease this up. Um, I'm sorry, we'll tease this up to 11.5. What am I talking about? This is a 10-point teaser. What am I doing here? Cleveland, plus 
Chargers plus 13.5, Miami plus 1. That's your three-team 10-point teaser in the pros. All right, let's talk about what happened yesterday in the pros. And, I mean, I don't want to say I told you so. Well, I mean, I kind of did, but I got bit by it because, again, we can't predict what's going to happen before these games. What did I tell you when I said it looks so easy to tease every favorite down on Thursday and Friday? Tease the Lions down. All they got to do is win. Tease the Cowboys down. Basically, all they got to do is win. Tease the Niners down. All they got to do is win. Tease the Dolphins down. All they got to do is win by a field goal. I said when it looks too easy to be true, it usually is. The problem is you just don't know which one. And unfortunately, it was the Lions. And the Lions shit the bed. And we went over what the Lions did and their problems and their issues and you know, they have one good win on their schedule, which then brings us to the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I did not give a play out on the Cowboys, but I did say I'm leaning towards the Commanders just because the rule of thumb is you bet against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day. Lost four in a row against the spread, one in 11 in the last 12 against the spread on Thanksgiving Day, and then what happens? Look, I know you see what the final score is, 45-10, but the game was 20-10 to 10 going into the fourth quarter. Like, the Commanders are right there in the fourth quarter. It's kind of like the Carolina game. The Carolina game was 17-10 going into the fourth quarter. But the last two weeks, the Cowboys have just absolutely turned on the gas in the fourth quarter, and the Commanders went for it in their own territory, on their own 30, didn't get it, Cowboys, touchdown. Then a pick six, touchdown, it was all she wrote. But... Here we are again, and I I don't want to shit on Cowboy fans, and I don't want to shit just on the franchise and whatnot, but I know people are excited, and it's just like, oh my gosh, they are 5-0 and this year at home, and now they've outscored their opponents 205-50. to 205-50. to Do you know what that means? You know what the average is now? Of their score, now their average score at home is winning 40-10. to 10. They're 5-0 at home. They've won every game by more than 20 points. I don't even know how many times that's happened in an NFL season before. I'm sure I'll have that stat coming up for you next week. However, their five home wins this year are against the Giants, Jets, Pats, Rams, and Commanders. Three of those five teams are at least four games under 500. One of them is two games under, and one of them is, the other two are two games under. Like, these aren't good teams, and the Cowboys are now 8-3 and three on the season. Okay? Look at their eight wins. Giants twice, 3-8. and eight. Washington, 4-7. and seven. New England, 2-8. and eight. Jets, 4-6. and six. Carolina, 1-9. and nine. Rams, 4-6. and six. Chargers, 4-6. and six. I mean, I, it's like great, but you should be 8-3. They've played two teams that at the time they played them, that team had a winning record. Lost 42-10 to to the San Francisco 49ers, lost 28-23 to the Eagles. So how do you judge this team? Great, you can win games by 30 points at home. Nobody's going to care if you don't win in the playoffs. They're not going to say like, yeah, but you looked great against Washington in that fourth quarter where you outscored them 25 to nothing. Sure. I think it's great that Deron Bland has set the record for most pick sixes in a season, and there's still 
six games left, and he's got five on the year. Great. If he gets no pick sixes in the playoffs and gets burned and they lose in the first or second round, is anybody going to care that he holds the record? I certainly won't because that and $3 will get you a bagel at Starbucks. It won't matter. So I, I know I keep saying this, but I just see the excitement in the Cowboys fans. I'm like, okay, I mean, I guess you won a game and you killed another team at home. You've won 13 games in a row at home, which is great. The problem is if you don't win the NFC East, you're not getting a home game in the playoffs. So your 13-game home winning streak, you still got three more this year at home against all tougher teams, but you, you still got three. Their final three games this year at home are against teams with winning records. They have Seattle, Philly, Buffalo, Miami, Detroit, and then finish at Washington. So their next five games for the Cowboys, all teams over 500. Right now they're 0-2 against teams over 500. Next week they play Seattle, who's in a bad way right now. Seattle is over 500, one game over 500, barely. They've lost two in a row. They just got blown out by the Niners. I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas won that one by 20. I just don't think much of Seattle right now. But it will be considered a win against a team over 500. However, I think they're going to be judged by the next four games after that. That is at Philly, at Buffalo, home Miami, home Detroit. Those I think we will be able to see. I don't think they're going 4-0. If they go 3-1, that's great. It'll be nice. But those are four legitimate teams, so we'll see what happens. But I just can't get excited for 35-point wins against the Commanders because that's what we expected them to do. When they were 6-3, and three, I, or when they were 5-3, and three, I said, pencil them in for 8-3. and three. They're winning their next three games. They're going to beat whoever it was before Carolina, and then I said, they're going to beat Carolina, and they're going to beat Washington. Those teams are terrible. And that's exactly what they did. So them being at 8-3 and three doesn't impress me because I said it was, they were going to be 8-3 and three, three weeks ago. I just, when you have, it's just like, it's very hard to judge. I just don't know how good they are. They look great when you watch them on TV. They go up and down the field. Their offense is great. But then I, I all I go back to is that San Francisco 49er game because they looked great the week before that 49er game. And then they got absolutely steamrolled and looked like they didn't know what they're doing on offense against a team that could actually play defense. None of these teams that they're beating are good defensive teams. Washington's terrible. They traded away their best two defensive linemen. They've given up on the season. I just I can't get excited about this. And if they lose in the first or second round of the playoffs this year, it's going to be the same old story. And don't think I'm not going to go back to these games and say, look, I told you, when they were winning games by 30 or 40 points at home, it did not matter because they weren't playing anybody that was playoff caliber. Good. You can only play who's on your schedule. I get it. But out of 11 weeks, they've only had two games where the schedule maker said, here's a team over 500, and they failed miserably on both. And then they had that stinker against the Arizona Cardinals, which is essentially going to cost them the NFC East. That game is going to come back and absolutely kill them. So keep that in mind. Um, there was something else that I wanted to get to in regards to yesterday's game, and this is another statistic that you're just like, what? So entering yesterday, NFL teams were a combined 57-0 and in the last 25 years. They had never lost when they had a game where they had 100 rushing yards, over 250 passing yards, 35 minutes or more time of possession, 
no more than 25 penalty yards, and no more than one turnover. They had never lost in the history of the NFL with those statistics. The commanders had those statistics yesterday, and they lost by 35. (laughs) I guess that's what happens when you throw a pick six, and I think they went for it on fourth down four times and went one for four. So when you go on a forward on fourth down in Dallas territory and you don't get it, that's basically like a turnover. It's not in the record books and in the statistics as a turnover, but it basically is because you're giving the ball to the other team when you had it. So I, that's unbelievable. It had never happened in the last 25 years in the NFL. A team with over 100 rushing yards, over 250 passing yards, 35 minutes of time of possession, no more than 25 penalty yards, no more than one turnover. You look at that at the end of the game – and you look at the commander's statistics, you'll be like, Jesus, they controlled the ball, they ran it, they threw it, they didn't commit a lot of turnovers, they didn't commit a lot of penalties, and there they are at the end of this game with a 45-10 to 10 drubbing. <laughs> Football is so fucking weird. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review if you can. Um, pass it along to your friends. Let them know about this podcast. Give them my picks. Hopefully, we'll end the college football season on a good note. Let's hope we can do that. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. And I will talk to you on Monday. See you.